just in time for summer, the folks at Epic Brewing have released a new canned cocktail, the Utah Margarita. A delicious blend of real lime and agave, the Utah Margarita is ready to drink by the river or in the park. And here's the kicker, no need to buy it at a liquor store. Pick up a six-pack of Epic Brewing's Utah Margarita at any local Harmon's or Trader Joe's, or visit Epic Brewing on State Street in downtown Salt Lake City. Here's what Salt Lake's talking about. Could we force the legislature to let us buy wine in grocery stores? Does the Little America have the nation's premier bathroom? Is this the best podcast in Utah? Lead producer Emily Means is here for our weekly news roundup. It's Friday, August 4th. I'm Ali Vallarta, and this is CityCast Salt Lake. Lead producer Emily Means. Good morning. Host Ali Vallarta, good morning. Oh my gosh. Just got to say before we get into the news of the week, 801 Day was so fun. Thank you to everyone who came out to Second Summit Cider. Thank you to the folks at Second Summit Cider for hosting us. What a fun evening. What a great time. So nice to meet CityCast listeners and Hey Salt Lake readers and to celebrate this very Salt Lake holiday. Honestly, I could not believe the turnout. The La Oaxaqueña folks told me that they sold 300 flautas in an hour. <laughs> I was like, Mama mia. the power, the power of this brand new holiday, 801 day. <laughs> we got to go bigger it's next so year. It's so exciting. I know. I do want to say one thing I learned at the Cidery that kind of segues us into our first story this week is that if you came out to the event and ordered a draft cider pour, you will notice that you only got five ounces in your glass, which made it look quite small. And like the glasses are really small. Um, And the reason for that I learned is that the Department of Alcoholic Beverage Services considers cider to be like wine, not like beer. Hmm. Isn't that strange? I would have thought it's more like beer than wine. I mean, I think to us, like day-to-day people, we think of cider as being category. Well, I always thought of cider as beer for people that are gluten intolerant. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But it turns out it's wine. It's wine. Okay, let's talk about the DABS because it has finally happened. Something that we have been manifesting on this show and in our lives, I feel like for years now, this story was broken by the one and only Ben Winslow, our state's premier sort of liquor reporter. He just covers this stuff beautifully. Someone has filed a ballot initiative to allow for the sale of wine and spirits in grocery stores. That means you could go to Trader Joe's and get two buck chuck. Just kidding, they don't sell that Slow anymore. Slow clapping. No. But <laughs> wine in grocery stores and spirits, not just wine, like liquor in grocery wine stores. Wine and spirits. This is huge, Allie. And I actually thought that you were going to be the one to put this ballot initiative forth. It's true. I don't have a but cool mill. Someone but. scooped you. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly. Well, and it's interesting because the person who is running this is someone who's formerly of the like the industry. You know what I mean? So yeah. they're like, they've clearly had it. But 
The kind of headline on this ballot initiative is wine and spirits in grocery stores because, duh, I mean, that's just like something I feel like people have been begging for for a long time. But it would actually do so much more than that. So one of the big, big things it would do is that it would require the state to lower the markup on alcohol sales from 88% to 30%. Currently, the markup on alcohol sales in this state is 88%, cost plus 88%. And that money goes into the state's general fund. It's important to remember that when we talk about liquor laws in this state, that it's not just about the sort of morality clause of how we control drinking habits. The liquor business is very lucrative for the state of Utah because of how heavily it's taxed, right? So this initiative would lower that mark up to 30%. The other thing it would do is that it would force the state-run liquor stores to be sold to private owners. So the Utah Department of Alcoholic Beverage Services, the DABS, would become a wholesaler, basically. And it would allow for more privately run liquor stores. Got it. And then the other thing it would do is it would allow for liquor to be shipped from out of state. Hello. Wine of the month club. Here we go. Wow, 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 wow. That's a big one. Yeah. And I think it's also worth noting, like, this initiative would not cut the revenue stream to the state entirely. It would still earmark money for some of the things that are the tax on alcohol already funds, like school lunches, some public safety programs, those anti-youth drinking programs that we throw a ton of money at, and the state's general fund. So, I mean, the question is, can they get this done? Allie, (laughs) for a ballot initiative to be successful, a lot of things need to happen. Yeah. Let's list some. Okay. They need 134,000 signatures just to get on the ballot. And since the 2018 ballot initiatives passed, a uh, quick reminder, those were Medicaid expansion, medical cannabis, and redistricting, independent redistricting commission. Since then, the legislature has made it more difficult to collect signatures. Mm -hmm. So we've already got a pretty high bar for folks who are sponsoring this initiative. Then if they get those signatures, more than 50% of Utah voters need to approve this initiative. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, that's, that's also a pretty high bar, especially in this state where, you know, there is a cultural perception, mm-hmm. right, uh, due to the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. It's a, it, it's a moral issue in their mind. So um, I think that this could kind of be a hard sell for people. What do you think? Okay, but Proposition 2 in 2018, the Medical Marijuana Initiative, passed with almost 53%. So, I mean, you got to imagine that everyone who would vote for medical marijuana would vote for wine in grocery stores, If not more people, right? Because marijuana is way more heavily stigmatized than alcohol, I think. Yes, but it's not medical alcohol, right? That's (laughs) true. I feel like there's that angle that this was Mm -hmm. medicine, Mm -hmm. right? This alcohol, it's for enjoyment. Yeah. I mean, what could really be a game changer in terms of signature gathering is if every bar had a signature form. At the bar. Hmm. (laughs) Like, Mm -hmm. if every bar and restaurant in this, let alone the state, in this city, had a signature packet at the front door 
yeah, they could get this done. Because 134,000 signatures is not that much. I mean, especially when I do feel like this issue is so easy to talk about, right? Like Mm -hmm. sometimes these ballot initiatives are so hard to talk about. And especially ballot questions where you're like, yes means no, no means yes. Like, But this is like wine and grocery stores. If I just shouted that at people on the street, I think they'd be like, where Mm -hmm. do I sign? Or they'd be like, please stop. Right. Whereas like, (laughs) hey, create an independent redistricting commission. People were like, have a nice day. Bye. (laughs) I support Greenpeace. Yep. uh Uh-huh. Bye. Well, Allie, one other layer to this, though, is it's not just 134,000 signatures. It's 134,000 signatures. But also you need to have gotten those from, I believe, 26 of the 29 counties. Mm -hmm. Do all of those counties even have bars? You're asking the right person. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, they do. You could post up at that bout time in in Bluffdale, although that's still Salt Lake County. What about the far reaches of the state? I don't know. Washington has bars. I'm pretty sure. What about Juab? There's got to be one. I don't even know where Juab is. I got to be honest. You can pull a bar list, a statewide liquor license list from the DABS. It's how I made my every bar SLC list. And this is what I think is so interesting about this, because, you know, what this comes down to for me is this is another example of Utah policies that are made based on conservative ideology are increasingly bad for business. And this feels like another example, like the private sector is struggling because of Utah liquor laws. These small business owners that want to open bars and restaurants, I mean, go to any DABS meeting where they're issuing Mm -hmm. licenses. It is what Ben Winslow calls a gauntlet, right? And like, think about it. If you're a restaurant owner, you have to be ready to open your doors tomorrow in order to even get your liquor license, right? Right. That is incredibly expensive. You have to make this like good faith investment in being ready to open your doors tomorrow before you've even got your liquor license, (laughs) like the margins in this industry are already so narrow. And then on top of that, these business owners have to jump through, they have to navigate red tape in this state in order to just open shop like they're stealing the freaking Hope Diamond. It's crazy. (laughs) Like that is bad for business. Great point. But I think with everything the legislature considers, It's between these two interests, right? We've got the moral values of the legislature, Mm -hmm. which is 80% members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints competing with the economic interests of the state. Like, these are the the two guiding values for the legislature. And sometimes that, that moral value really, like, sticks it to our economic success Mm -hmm. here in this state. So, I don't know. But listen, it's not necessarily up to the legislature unless unless the citizens pass this ballot initiative and the legislature says, you know what? We think we know better on this issue. And then they change it just like they did the 2018 ballot initiatives. That's also part of why it's interesting because you look at everything that's written into this initiative that we listed at the top. Like this is like, I mean, this is the Barbie dream house of liquor policy changes for a lot of people in this, especially like Salt Lakers, right? And it's like, did they write this knowing that if it passed, if in a dream scenario it passed, 
that the legislature would probably take a knife to it. And they were like, well, let's just stuff it. (laughs) And then we'll see what's left at the end. And I mean, you know, possibly it is we. So I do have to say, like the state, you know, has its case, has made its case against this ballot initiative. And that big case is financial, because as I mentioned, like the up charge on liquor in the state is very profitable for our state and for our general fund. The LG's office analyzed what this ballot initiative would cost the state. They said that it would cut one hundred and twenty million dollars from our general fund. And when I read that, I was like. Okay, that's quite Sizable. a bit of money. That is less than 1% of our general fund. Our 2023 budget general fund was $14.6 billion, okay? So, I mean, and what the initiative sponsor is saying is like, you guys, the free market will take care of that. Don't you worry. Um, and I mean, it, you think about like, again, this is, you know, we want the Olympics here. That was kind of the last time we got big changes in alcohol policy was the Olympics. So I don't right. know, maybe this, whether or not this initiative passes, it could be a runway to greater conversation about making changes if, you know, citizens mm-hmm. really turn up for this. The other thing, of course, the ballot initiatives can do that we can't discount is A, influence electoral outcomes by B, driving the vote. Right. And this this would, if successful, would land on the 2024 Mm -hmm. ballot. Mm -hmm. So what are we looking at? The Senate race? In 2018, a lot of people made the case that, for example, at the time, Salt Lake County Mayor Ben McAdams would not have won, you know, by just millimeters that race against Congresswoman Mia Love for the fourth congressional district, becoming the only Democrat that we sent to Congress. But basically, like people said that ballot initiatives were what pushed him a little bit over as a Democrat. They drove people out because they didn't really care about candidates because, God, it can be boring to get excited about candidates. But an idea on the ballot is exciting and can drive the vote. And Gerrymandering was on the ballot. Medical marijuana was on the ballot. Medicaid expansion was on the ballot. And that those, you know, fairly progressive ideas are what got people to the polls. Ultimately, they got to his name and they said, sure, what the heck? Let's give this guy a shot. So I don't know. It's interesting. I mean, the one thing I will say is like, did you dig around on who's running this initiative at all? No, but I am really curious to see who comes out in support of this. I would have liked to have seen a bit more of a cohesive campaign ready to go when this story broke. Right. I tried to find a website for this ballot initiative. I landed on sort of a strange website, SpartacusPhalangina.com. <laughs> I need to be able to to quickly Google this to learn more about your campaign to get on board because marketing is going to be a huge part of this. And um, I mean, that's where a lot of the costs come from as well as the marketing and education around this campaign. You know, we're looking at a cool $3 million maybe (laughs) for this to be anywhere near successful. I don't know. We'll see. Evolving story. But citizen ballot initiatives are exciting. I mean, this is democracy at work. They're always a good time. And I'm I can't wait for the moment that I'm like walking down Main Street and someone waves me down and asks if I can sign this ballot initiative. And then I get to say, actually, I'm sorry, I'm Canadian. (laughs) 
The Living Traditions Festival is back in downtown Salt Lake City, May 17th through 19th. And this is when I come alive. It is so easy to sell me on three days of Washington Square and Library Square converting to a global food court. And this festival has truly been one of my favorites for years now. Living Traditions convenes the diversity of artistic traditions, food heritage, music, and art from the many cultures that have made Utah their home. You can expect everything from live music and dance to hands-on workshops, a little shopping, Sundance film screenings, and Bohemian Brewery. There is something for the whole family, and it's free entry. Come celebrate all of the rich cultures that make up our community. Find more information on the festival and view the full program guide at livingtraditionsfestival.com or on Instagram and Facebook at SLC Living Trad. We talk a lot on this show about our city's crown jewels. What are the institutions that open doors in our community and regulate its pulse? I choose Salt Lake Community College, and it is a home for incredibly focused Salt Lakers. Nearly 80% of their students work while going to school, many full-time jobs. If I could do college all over again, I would not be 33 and sitting on these damn student loans. And slick students aren't. 80% graduate with little to no student loan debt or save thousands knocking out credits before transferring to a four-year institution. Every day, Salt Lake Community College is transforming lives and communities through education. If you want to learn something new, refine a trade, or pursue a higher degree for the first time, explore your options at slcc.edu. Study alongside hard workers, save precious money, and be one in a class of 19, not 100. Okay, Emily, another story this week that has captured our imaginations is that two Utah businesses, places, have been nominated and are now finalists for the most prestigious award, America's Best Restroom. They are Snow Basin Resort and the Little America Hotel downtown. This contest is put on by Cintas, which are the people that make, I don't know, bathroom products. They make like toilet paper dispensers and things like that. And uh, it's really got me thinking about, you know, the best places to relieve yourself. I didn't know we needed this contest. Oh, I did. Are you kidding me? (laughs) I welcome it, but I didn't know people were thinking about this. Listen, a wise woman once said, we can have that conversation. I think about bathrooms all the time. Well, Allie, you're thinking about bathrooms all the time. What do you need in a bathroom? Okay, so glad you asked. I made a list of four things. Um, One, mirrors. Good Mm. mirrors. A, we live in the digital age, okay? Everyone wants to take a bathroom selfie. Some people have said the bathroom selfie is out. I fully disagree. The bathroom selfie will never leave us. When the aliens finally decide to visit, when... Next week. Next week, yeah. When we send Gwyneth Paltrow as our viceroy, there will be bathroom selfies. Okay. The other thing about mirrors that I've given a lot of thought to is your mirror needs to accommodate both the tall and the short. Do you run into this a lot? I run into this a lot where I'm like, this mirror is so short that I feel like I can't, I want to see my face kind of like in the middle but then also, when you're really short, sometimes the mirror gets mounted way too high and you're like, what, what is going on here, you know? 
So think about that. The top of my head looks good, I guess. Mirrors are important. And I think in order to even like qualify for America's best restroom, you have to have a full length mirror. It's unacceptable Mm. for any of these finalists to not have a full body mirror. So. Wow. Two, sanitary products. I want to see tampons and pads in there at minimum, and I want them to be free. Period. I'm seeing that more and more with legislation that passed, what, last year? Mm -hmm. I'm not sure. But it's a nice, it's still a nice surprise to me. I'm like, heck yeah, I don't have to put a quarter in for a 30-year-old tampon. (laughs) I hate that it's a nice surprise. Like we, if you have hair ties and bobby pins and I mean, the more the merrier, like, you know what I mean? But tampons and pads at minimum. Okay, three, and this is a big one for me. If the sink is automated, make sure it works. Do not humiliate me by making me stand there, waving my hands around like I'm (laughs) having some sort of a conniption, trying to get water to come out. You know, when you start doing like all of a sudden I'm like. And then you go sink to sink to sink to try to. It's yeah, it's embarrassing. Like I'm the front man in a boy band. Okay, like I'm leading the marks. I feel it's it makes me crazy. It's humiliating. And then you do that thing where you turn to the person next to you and you're like, are you are you getting did you get. Are you getting any Can water? Can I have some of your Are water? Are you getting any water? Like, how did you do it? Was it a wave? Was it a tap? Just figure it out, okay? And then the final one is smell, which I think mm-hmm. is pretty obvious. I think the best smelling bathroom in this entire city is the Salt Lake Airport. What does it smell like? Clean? Just clean? You know what it does smell like? No, it smells like this hotel in Miami called the Hotel Victor. It smells like the lobby. It's like, it's a little sunscreeny, but in a good way. I know what you mean. And then I would say it's kind of a crisp smell. You know how sometimes when they're trying to like have a nice bathroom scent, it's very floral. I don't want floral in the bathroom. That's too heavy. That's far too heavy. This is more crisp. It's more fresh linen. That's better. Like we do not need to cover up bathroom smell with, I don't know, cherry blossom or something like that. I'm not trying to lose my lunch in the bathroom as well. No. Allie. I also thought about what I need in a bathroom. May I share? Yes. First, toilet that doesn't spit water on you when it flushes. (laughs) Yes. Like the flush should be strong enough to accommodate whatever happened in the toilet, Mm -hmm. but it doesn't need to blast me with water when I'm done. Completely agree. Second, I like single stall, you know, and I know that's not possible everywhere, but I like a a bathroom, you know, where it's just me hanging out. I can sit for a little bit if I need to. Mm-hmm. And no one is going to jiggle the handle and be like, well, is anybody in there? You know, yeah. I'm not going to get nervous. It's about also that. really easy to make single stall bathrooms gender neutral or genderless. Yes. And so it's like, just it's just a bathroom. Like it doesn't matter who it's for or who uses it. And put the seat down, please. My Ooh. God. I also like paper towels and I'm sorry about oh. that. I just like paper towels. Oh, I can wipe my face. I can like, you know, if I've got mascara under the eye, I can kind of like wipe that away. I like paper towels and I'm sorry. I do agree with you. I will say when I looked at all of these finalists for America's Best Restroom, almost none of them have paper towels. Mm. Okay, what anything else on your list? That's everything on my list. And I will say that I think Undercurrent has a really nice bathroom. 
that kind of hits all the marks for me. Yeah, they do have a good one. So, Allie, if people have thoughts about these bathrooms, what can they do with those thoughts? Okay, so you can vote for America's Best Restroom through August 11th. We will put the link in the show notes. You can also nominate a restroom for 2024. So if you, Mm. if there is a restroom in this city that you think is just delightful, You can nominate them now and they might end up on this list. And the winners get like all kinds of glory and notoriety. And I mean, they basically won't be able to leave the house because people will be like, oh, my God, you're the restroom. But the other thing they get is twenty five hundred dollars in Cintas products. So I don't know, like nominate a small business that could use twenty five hundred dollars in free products and services which is basically any small business. Okay, before we get out of here, let's do pick of the week. Emily, you first. All right. City Weekly Best of Utah Voting is open now, folks. And CityCast Salt Lake won Best Podcast last year. Thank you so much. Yes. You like us. You really yes, like us. Uh, but we want to do it again. Yeah. <laughs> so. Don't humiliate us by not letting Please us don't do embarrass us. Yes. Uh, Voting ends August 31st, and you need to vote in a minimum of five separate categories for your vote to count. There are a ton of great businesses, and in our category especially, which is like media and politics, there are wonderful reporters who do such good work here in the community who you can vote for. So we will link that in the show notes for you, and don't forget to vote. It's also a nice way for other people to discover our show. So voting kind of helps you help us spread the word. And that's honestly why we're asking. It's not just out of vanity. So please vote. Thank you. Okay. My pick of the week is asking for what you want. Tell me more, Allie. So we did an episode for 801 Day. We had a guest, the founder of Alleyways Amplified. His name is Vishwa Srinivasan. And we talked about Perfect Salt Lake. And in our conversation, he was like, Gosh, one of my big dreams for this city is to repaint the basketball courts at Sugarhouse Park. He's like, I've sent some emails and like kind of asked for it and tried to put it out there, but it's been hard to figure out who's in charge because the courts were donated by the Jazz and they're managed by the Sugarhouse Park Authority, which like kind of works with the city. And there's just so many players involved. It's like a classic bureaucratic tale. You know what I mean? Like it's the parks and rec of it all. So he mentioned that on the show and we were like, if anyone is listening... Please help this man repaint these courts. And guess what? The right people were listening, Emily. Oh, my God. Dreams do come true. Someone on the Sugarhouse Park Authority board reached out to him and was like, I sent the episode to our board chair. We would like to connect with you. We are also interested in repainting the basketball courts. And you guys... This thing could happen. So I'm leaving it up to all of them to get it sorted. We will let you know if there is some ribbon cutting down the line for the newly painted basketball courts. But man, ask for what you want, right? I love that so much, Allie. And, you know, it just goes to show like people care about the things that you care about, too, which feels really nice. A hundred percent. Yes. And I do think like in this world where we're talking a lot these days about like loneliness and making friends and like a great way to make friends is by asking for what you want because you will just like land yourself in the places where, again, like you said, Emily, you meet people that have shared interests. And um, yeah, so get out there and ask for what you want this weekend. Emily means I want us to take Monday off. Just kidding. Oh, (laughs) wow. (laughs) 
I will see you on Monday morning. It's always a joy to end the week with you. Thanks for being here. See you Monday, Allie. That is all for us today here on CityCast Salt Lake. Our lead producer is Emily Means. Our producer is Ivana Martinez. Our newsletter editor is Terina Ria. And our host is me, Ali Vallarta. Music is by the local band Mitochondria with additional music from All the Kimonos. We will be back Monday morning with more from around this city. Have a great weekend.